There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder... Mental health, while widely spoken about in modern times, did not always have a place in the world and in day-to-day conversations. In fact, living in the early 1800s with mental illness could be extremely dangerous. On November 10, 1805, a man who was, by today's standards, clearly suffering from mental illness, killed his entire family. A man whose health, when it came down to his punishment, had no place in the court of law. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In the year 1805, friends of Virginia man named Abel Clemens noted a shift in his personality that would give some pause. It seemed that as the leaves started to fall, so did Abel's mood, which many would go on to call gloomy and melancholy. In a time period where mental health and depression weren't really spoken about, everyone seemed to go on with their lives and never once checked in on this man. If they had, they would have learned that, months before his sudden mood shift, he had become consumed with the notion that his family would be better off dead. He pushed the thought out of his head, but as October turned into November, the thought seemed to creep in stronger than ever. In an effort to distract himself from the intrusive thoughts, Abel made plans to move his wife and children to Ohio and closer to other family members, but soon realized his mother could not make the move with them and slipped further into his deep depression. To make matters worse, his wife, who was in the advanced stages of pregnancy, soon found out that Miami County, Ohio had a high rate of childbirth-related deaths. Nothing was working out, and as the dark voices got louder, Abel became too broken down to fight them off. One night, when the thoughts of murder consumed him, he lay awake staring at his wife, trying to plan his next move. She woke up and asked what he was doing. He said he was simply admiring her beauty, and she went back to sleep. On November 10th, 1805, though some sources claim it was November 8th, in a home just a half a mile from Clarksburg, West Virginia, Abel Clemens took an axe and killed his pregnant wife and their eight children, the oldest of which was just 12 years old while they lay asleep in their beds. Their names were Barbara Carpenter Clemens, his 29-year-old wife, Elijah, the oldest boy, Hester, the oldest girl, Rachel, Mary, Elizabeth, Benjamin, Parthena, and Amos, who, according to the stories, was just one years old when his father killed the entire family. There was also the unborn fetus that Barbara was carrying. Each family member died instantly, and the scene so bloody and unimaginable that when the Manangalia Gazette published the story, it became an early example of a, quote, horror classic. After committing the heinous crime, a man named Measley came over for one reason or another and was permitted to come inside the Clemens' home. According to the visitor, Abel was in a deep state of agitation and claimed his family was still fast asleep in their rooms. The only person awake, other than Abel, was his niece who had stayed the night and knew nothing about the murders. Neasley eventually left and, a short while later, his brother came over and asked where the rest of the Clemens family was. Again, Abel claimed that they were asleep. The brother went to wake the oldest boy and happened upon the grisly crime scene. Demanding to know what happened, he confronted his brother before fleeing to the neighbors to try and get some help. When they came back to the house, Abel was gone. 
As Abel fled and hid in a cliff of rocks on the north side of town, those who knew him rallied around the scene and commented back and forth about the shocking event that had just taken place. Everyone who knew Abel knew him as a loving husband and father, affectionate and honest. Definitely not the type of man who they would expect to murder his entire family. After a few days on the run, desperate for food and water and being overrun by his guilt, Abel came back into town and surrendered himself to the authorities. According to his confession, he was fearful his family would starve and claimed to be driven by a power that called to him, one that he could not resist. He went on to say, quote, They all died easy except my two little girls, Betsy and Parthenia, the struggles of whom added to the already indescribable horrors and tortures of my mind. After their struggles had ceased, I took some pains in placing them straight in bed, locking their hands and closing their eyes. A tremulous and convulsive horror struck my guilty soul. Today, Abel would have likely been sent to a mental institution and deemed unfit to stand trial. But in the 1800s, insanity seemed to be no excuse in the court of law. He pled not guilty at the start of his trial and, at its conclusion, was found guilty and sentenced to hang the following year from a locust tree near Decker's Creek. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on November 11th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.